God has blessed us so that we can give ourselves away to be a blessing to those that he would call us to uh, serve and to bless in Jesus' name. My name is Kurt. I'm one of the pastors here. A special welcome to you if you're visiting with us. We hope you stick around a little bit after the service is over and give us a chance to meet you. Also, if you're willing to uh, turn in a Connect card and let us know a little bit more about who you are, you can turn that into one of our hosts that has a lanyard in the lobby or turn it in at our Mission Mochas. And we have uh, two free uh, espresso drinks that we'd like to give you as a gift for visiting with us. So that's one way that uh, we can be a blessing to you uh, and hopefully to one another. If you are with us on Friday at our annual Next Generation auction, you were on, in on a, a huge successful party. It was a blast. How many of you were able to be there Friday night? Wasn't it fun? Wasn't it awesome? Yeah, we raised, I'm hearing, about $15,000 to send students on mission trips and for our VBS outreach this summer. Isn't that good? I think that's worth a round of applause for all of you and for God. We're excited. One, one unexpected blessing is, I, I didn't know it, but in the silent auction, I apparently won, I, I guess it would be a Pastor Kurt preaching survival kit. Uh, as, as most of you know who have been here since we uh, came to the church uh, almost three years ago, uh, I talked about how it's really important to me that we be transparent as people, that we be honest with each other, and we be real people. And, and I said, I have to confess that I sweat. And uh, if you've been here and been seeing me preach as the temperatures have been going up, uh, you've seen me sweating. And so I I have this kit of uh, a whole bunch of different fans. Uh, This one apparently is an electric fan that turns on and then you can mist. So as I start to get hot during the preaching, I might be able to, you know, cool off a little bit with this fan. Um, That's kind of cool, right? I'll put these down here so you can see them. And uh, then there was this little handheld one. Apparently, I can clip it on my backpack and carry it around with me wherever I go if I get too hot. Uh, So that's a little cool one. Then there's one that this one is really cool. It goes around your neck, and it blows straight up on your neck. See the little fan turns in there? So I don't know if any of you guys are a little warm today, but uh, if any of you need a little extra help cooling off today, you can feel free to come and borrow any of my uh, preaching survival kit. There's a bunch of other fans and stuff. Oh, these uh, super absorbent sweat rags. Uh, so that's really, really helpful. And in worst case, if you know all the power goes out, we don't have any batteries, I have the old uh, traditional <laughs> fan. So I might break this out in a few minutes. It is a blessing to be a part of such a faithful and generous faith community. And so thank you all who are participated and supported the auction. We are excited to see what God's going to do through the mission and ministries of our students and our children uh, this summer. Uh, summer is approaching, and as we approach summer, one of the things that I always look forward to is uh, being able to begin to eat some of those foods that we don't eat during the rest of the year, right? Like grilled meats and hot dogs, and I, I love summer fruits like nectarines and peaches, and all of that is kind of on the forefront. And today, we're going to get to talk a little bit about eating, and I hope that you like eating as much as I do, and if you do, this will be a good topic. But before we jump in, uh, let me just pray for us and ask God to bless this time of looking into his word. Holy God, we thank you that you gave yourself away through your son, Jesus, so that we could have a living and a vital relationship with you, so that we could be a part of this church, your body of Christ in this world, so that we could be your hands and feet. You have blessed us through relationship with you so that we can be a blessing. Would you speak to us now through your spirit? Would you empower us and equip us to be your people on mission with Jesus? And would you help us to understand how we too 
can be a blessing to others with the blessings you've given us. And we will praise you through Jesus Christ, our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. Uh, we're talking about eating today, as I said, and most people uh, know how to eat, uh, but there's a, a, a small category of people who are what they call competitive eaters. Have any of you seen this? Uh, on the 4th of July every year, they, they host a national hot dog eating competition as one of these competitive eating uh, events, and, and they actually consider it a, a sport. Uh, it's considered... <laughs> Uh, to be something that is highly competitive, but it's also kind of gross if you've ever been able to watch it, right? It's a little bit disgusting. Uh, Apparently, a guy named Joey Chestnut is the reigning champion, winning the last four years in a row and ousting the previous champ who was known as Kobayashi. Now, I had heard of Kobayashi's name just through, you know, the general news and stuff, but uh, Joey Chestnut is the reigning champion. He holds the world record for hot dog eating, eating 68 hot dogs, including the bun, in 10 minutes. 68 hot dogs, including the bun, in 10 minutes. That's over 21,000 calories in 10 minutes. Boy, I, you know, as gross as it is, it's actually big business. I mean, they, like other athletes, they have sponsors and companies show up at these events. And I'm imagining that the most uh, likely products that they must be produce, you know, uh, promoting is like Tums and uh, Pepto-Bismol, right? (laughs) There's all different kinds of eating. There's nutritional eating. There's uh, buffet eating. There's binge eating. We're we're very familiar with eating. It's a part of everyday life. But today, uh, we're not going to talk about competitive eating or any of those kinds of eating. We're going to suggest that there's another kind of eating that we are exposed to in God's Word. That as we go through this series that we're calling Bless, we're talking about how As Christ's followers, we all have one mission in common, the same mission that Jesus had, to reach people who don't yet know Jesus, who have not experienced the grace and the forgiveness of God through his Son, so that we can help to restore broken lives, sharing the good news that Jesus is alive and that there is help and hope for their deepest longings and their deepest needs through the kingdom of God that is breaking into this world. We often call this process evangelism. The root word of evangel, as we've talked about, simply means good news, sharing the good news of Jesus with those around us. And as sharing good news, we believe evangelism is primarily a process of allowing God to use us to become a blessing to those around us. Evangelism is simply allowing God to use us to become a blessing to those around us. And in the process, opening the door for renewed possibility of reconciliation and relationship with God as we simply share our story of what God has done to bless us and to make us a blessing to those around us. It's also important for us to understand as we talk about evangelism that as Christians, we don't convert anybody, right? We don't have the power to change a human heart. Only the Holy Spirit of God can change a human heart. Our job from Jesus as he gave us his mission as his followers was never to go out and convert people. It was simply to bless people, to share the good news and allow the Holy Spirit to work in their hearts so that they too would have the possibility of coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Only the Holy Spirit can change a human heart and yet the Bible clearly teaches us that God's intention from the very beginning was to bless his people in order so that they could be that blessing to others, that God wanted to bless the world through them. And so we, as God's people, as Christ's followers today, are also called to allow God to work through us to be that blessing so that his good news word to those people can go forth into the world. 
In this way, to be a follower of Jesus is to be an evangelist. One who is intentional in participating in Jesus' mission to bring the good news of the kingdom of God to others. That's the core assumption behind this series that we're calling Bless. In this series, we're, we're taking five key missional practices that we see in the life of Jesus, and we're turning them into this acronym, B-L-E-S-S, to help us understand that there are some very simple, practical life actions that we can take that will allow us to more likely be used by God to bless those that he would call us to serve. Our goal is to understand this word bless is not just some generic sounding religious word like when somebody sneezes and you say, God bless you, right? God calls us to truly bless people in specific and practical ways. And, And the goal of this series is to look at some of those practical things that you and I can be doing to become a blessing to those around us. Each letter in the bless stands for a different way to go about truly being a blessing in the world each and every day and to participate in this call to share the good news of Jesus. Now the B, if you were here for us for the first weeks, is begin with prayer. Begin with prayer. How simple is it to be an evangelist by simply praying for the people that God would put on our heart to pray for? All of us who are here on that Sunday had an opportunity to fill out some names of people who God put in our heart who are in our life, maybe co-workers or, or fellow students or family members who don't know Jesus, that we would commit in the weeks and the months ahead just simply to be praying for, that God would open the door uh, to their heart, that God would create an opportunity for them to hear the good news of Jesus and possibly begin to work on their heart. And we turned those lists in, and and they're going to our denomination where our whole national denomination is praying over all of those names that God will begin to work in their lives. How simple is it to be an evangelist simply by committing to praying for those that God would put on our heart? And then we also challenged ourselves to wake up every morning and pray a simple prayer. God, how do you want to use me today to be a blessing to somebody else? How simple is that? God, how do you want to use me today to be a blessing to someone else? And by praying that prayer, it starts our day off with an awareness that God may bring someone into our pathway that we didn't expect, that we didn't anticipate, but that God might want to use us to have a kind word, to have a listening ear, to to share the good news in some simple or practical way. And that really leads us to the L. The second week was listen with care. In order to be a blessing, we have to be able to be good listeners. People out there are in desperate need of, of wanting to know that someone cares about their deeper needs and longings. We live in a culture where we're conditioned to put on that mask of, of everything's fine, and we greet each other every day, and we say, how are you? I'm great. How are you? All the while, we live with brokenness and pain and fear and anxiety, and where do people go to find a place to truly talk about their deeper fears or longings? And if we can become good listeners and create those opportunities, then they be, begin to understand that God is real and that God maybe does care about their lives as well. Have you guys heard that phrase, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And if we can become good listeners and demonstrate that we actually care for people and where they're at in their lives, whether they know Jesus or not, then we gain an understanding that we also can share our testimony of where God has blessed us. Effective listening is an important step in blessing people because it lets them know how much we really do care. And today's service is sponsored by the letter E, which I'm sure you've guessed by now stands for Eat Together. The big idea for today is that we will bless our world by sharing meals with people who need to be reached 
and restored by the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. We will bless our world simply by sharing meals with people who need to be reached and restored by the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. If we were to think about the things that Jesus did during his time on earth, what are some of the things that would come to mind normally? Preaching, teaching, healing. What else? What comes to mind? Eating comes to mind? You, well, you're a pastor. You would think of that. But you, you know, we think of the miraculous things, Jesus healing, walking on water, rising from the dead. These are all the things that we talk about so often. But how much, if you look through all the gospel stories, did Jesus spend time simply sitting down and eating with people? Eating was an intentional part of his mission. We look at the many stories of Jesus eating with people, and today we're going to just look at one of those from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9. We're going to be reading verses 9 through 13, and and it actually is about the call of Matthew himself to be a disciple. And Matthew was one of those ill-reputed tax collectors. And in verse 9 of chapter 9, it says, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up. And followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and with sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous but sinners. So Jesus is walking along, going about his teaching and preaching ministry, doing all of the things that we talked about him doing, healing and uh, casting out demons. And he comes along this tax collector who's sitting in his booth, which is kind of like his, his office. And, uh, and he simply gives him the two-word call that changes his life forever, forever. Follow me. And Matthew responds positively, and he follows Jesus. And Jesus takes him out and puts him into a a two-year seminary class to be trained in the word and to be ordained. No, that's not what he does, is it? Jesus says, let's throw a party. I'm coming to your house. Let's have dinner together. Jesus calls Matthew, and he goes to Matthew's house. And they sit down, and they have dinner. And they say, call all your friends. Let's invite everybody over, and let's just hang out. You see, Jesus' missional part of eating with Matthew is a part of his acceptance of Matthew's life and his friends and his social network. It signals to Matthew that Jesus welcomes him into his life because it doesn't matter where he's been or what he's done. His call now is an opportunity to receive forgiveness and grace and to move forward on a whole new footing with Jesus. Now, we've talked about this before. Tax collectors in Jesus' day were considered basically the scum of the earth, right? You know the jokes people tell about lawyers today, right? You know, and tax collectors were the butt of those jokes in Jesus' day. They were the local lackeys for the Roman Empire. So right out of the gate, they were considered traitors to the nation. Plus, in order to to earn a salary, or if they began to get a little greedy to kind of pad their salary, they would kind of gouge people in the taxes. And so they began to become more and more corrupt. And people understood that they were being taken advantage of by these taxation middlemen. And the fact that Jesus calls one of these most despised, looked down upon people in the culture as one of his disciples was truly a shocker to the people around him. And, and, and as we said, the first thing he does is he goes and he sits down and he eats with them and he has a party with all of his sinner friends. Now, a quick side note, we need to make sure here that we understand that sinners doesn't mean that some people are sinners and some people aren't. 
right? Jesus isn't making a distinction that there are some people who, who have to wear that label and some people don't. The term sinner in Jesus' day was kind of this catch-all derogatory term that religious people use of anybody who wasn't following their brand of religion or who was involved in some kind of an illicit lifestyle. So here's Jesus, this esteemed rabbi, eating with the most despised and looked down upon people in their culture. And to the leaders of the religious establishment, this was a scandal, to, to sit down at table and to, to break bread and to share food with people who were known sinners was, was beyond the pale. And we have to understand, though, also that eating in those days was a central component to life and even spirituality. Now, in our day and age, it's hard for us to, I think, make the leap to how important eating was in their culture. Because if you think about it, uh, most often we're uh, scarfing down fast food in the car as we run from one event to the other. Or, or eating dinner at home is just another opportunity to turn on the TV and to, to binge watch our next Netflix show as a family. I don't know if we can, are capable of really understanding the centrality of sitting around a table and eating a meal together to Jesus and his followers. You see, eating with somebody in those days was a statement that you wanted to be associated with them. It was an affirmation that this person had worth and value in your eyes. When, when you ate with somebody, it was a statement of who you loved and who you cared about. And it was, they were considered now a part of your social circle. So Jesus 